0: Hey, everyone. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about my mental health intensive and retreat Oasis. Oasis is an amazing place for you to heal, grow, restore, and connect. It's a place for you to dive into your deep childhood trauma or the current things that are hurting your heart and to find out in real time, this is not hyperbole, real-time how God responds to your brokenness. Visit the link in our show notes and join us at Oasis. We're going to be in Charleston this year. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait to see you guys in December. Bye, y'all. Welcome to the Healing Circle podcast, where we talk about everything mental health, faith, and relationships. Though this show is hosted by a licensed therapist, that's me, Kobe, I am not your therapist. These amazing conversations are meant to provide psychoeducation and start some good conversation, but they're not meant to be a substitute for real therapy services. We're excited to learn, grow, and talk with you guys. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, I'm Kube.
1: I'm Kyle.
0: And welcome back to the Healing Circle Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, so
1: before we get too deep into this, um, a statement was made at the end of the last episode. Something about Lil Saint. For all of you people who have class and thusly do not remember who Lil Saint is. <laughs> Little <laughs> is so dumb. Lil Saint. Was the little brother that got shot in the movie with Omarion and his friends? What, is the, in, what, what out, was it called again? In,
0: breathe out, breathe in. Hey, what's the movie? Set out.
1: it off? No, no, no. That's not set it off. That's Jada Pickett.
0: I, what am I thinking? I'm, ashamed. I'm not telling you.
1: Please don't make me Google this. I don't need
0: this in my life.
1: Do it for a little saint.
0: When you get to the gates of heaven, oh, you got
1: served. Going to-
0: God is going to be ashamed that you do not know that little saint that oh little gosh. saint died and you got served.
1: Um You got served for those of you who don't know, you got served as a horrible movie that came out like fifteen years ago or something. Um the acting is atrocious. The plot is you horrendous. I really have
0: not even seen it and it's full of everyone has so everyone has seen you got served
1: and everyone's forgotten it do you
0: speak ill of the dead is that the kind of person you are
1: It's a fictional character
0: he was real to many he didn't even have a real
1: name <laughs> his name
0: his name was Lil Saint
1: and then they um, danced they pop locked in the rain for 20 minutes yeah, and it was beautiful it was worship
0: I'm not it doing was a praise me. dance really it was a praise dance <laughs> You guys, we have a new reparenting topic for you guys this week and we're really really excited about it because I know for a fact that it's something that so many people deal with. Um it's a symptom of anxiety and anxiety is the number 1 mental health issue in the United States and I would dare to say in the world, right? So we're going to be talking about automatic negative thoughts. Woohoo. I don't know if we should be cheering, but yes, woohoo. Um Automatic negative thoughts are thoughts or images that automatically appear in our minds in response to external stimuli. So we all have thoughts. We all have them all day. So I found this fun statistic. I forgot where I got it. But did you know that 90% of all thoughts are repetitive, meaning that 90% of the thoughts that you have today are going to be there tomorrow? Most of your thoughts today are going to... Essentially, we have the same set of thoughts replaying each other all day long for days and days and weeks mm. and months and years, right? So, okay.
1: So, here's a question, though, to your question.
0: I didn't ask a question.
1: Do you know...
0: <laughs> Do not ask me But no dagger mother
1: Do you know why nurses like red crayons? No. Because sometimes... <laughs>
0: So stupid.
1: Sometimes they have to draw blood.
0: I will not give you the satisfaction. <laughs> I will not give you the satisfaction of laughing.
1: Every reparenting episode from this time on is gonna get a dad joke in it. Okay, back to your TED talk. Please continue. You were telling us about 90% of our thoughts uh being
0: repetitive thoughts. Yes. 90% of our thoughts are repetitive, meaning ninety percent of the thoughts you have today are gonna be thoughts that you have tomorrow, right? So why are automatic negative thoughts something that matter in the first place? Because, you know, we all have thoughts and they're not all positive all the time. Well, something that makes automatic negative thoughts really important is the idea of the CBT triangle. So CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. It is like the most foundational type of therapy in the therapeutic world, So the CBT triangle essentially um, shares the idea that we have thoughts that lead to feelings that lead to actions, right? So if you are perpetually having negative thoughts or images pop into your head based on external stimuli, that's a thought, what feeling do you think that's going to lead to, Kyle?
1: Okay. Um, Wow. It's a tough one, but I think negative. Yeah,
0: self-deprecating, self-loathing, hopeless. Ah,
1: my old friends.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're always there for me. <laughs> that should not have been funny, but it was. Yeah, right. And then, what type of actions will come from those feelings of self-deprecation and self-loathing?
1: Um, I'm I'm gonna guess just
0: poor in general? Yeah. Self-sabotaging, withdrawing, lack of confidence, lack of resilience, lack of perseverance. Really, it might cause an absence of certain actions, right? So how do you know if you are having automatic negative thoughts? One, the thoughts are always negative and they're reoccurring, right? So not just, oh, I overcooked the food and I forgot to look in the oven it's I forgot to look in the oven and I'm the worst cook in the world and now I just embarrassed myself Mm. and I'm never gonna cook again and I'm just gonna throw this meal away because I don't even deserve to eat do you see how that one thought leads to several other negative thoughts that just like feed on top of each other Mm, and it becomes this really insidious cycle that's hard to get out of right you see that Another way to tell if some, uh, your thoughts, I almost said someone's, we're talking to you. If your thoughts are automatic negative thoughts, are if they make you feel bad about yourself, right? Things like, I'm such a failure. I can never do anything right. No one loves me. No one likes me. So I'll be pretty transparent. I realized through my own therapy that I have been repeating to myself without my conscious. Awareness, probably for the last ten years, no one loves me. Now imagine me saying for ten years straight, every day, several times a day, no one loves me. I'm
1: not a mathematician, but that's uh, three thousand six hundred and fifty times at least.
0: Did you really just do the math? It's mean, just ten times three
1: sixty five.
0: Okay, I still count on my fingers, but. <laughs> I would say that to myself all the time. And it wasn't until I was talking to someone else, my therapist, she was like, how many times do you say that? And I was like, honestly, it's kind of just playing in my head all the time. Like, no one loves me. No one loves me. Well, then how does it affect how I feel about myself? I feel, and I think for a long time I felt sad. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed of who I was. But then it turned into defensiveness. Mm. It turned into, no one loves me, so I need to do what's best for me.
1: Oh, <laughs> dang, bro. <laughs>
0: it's terrible. Doing, right? You said,
1: no one loves me, so I'm about to squad up. But, honestly, who who trying to fight? Period. Who wants to box?
0: Yeah, but it turned into, no one loves me, so I can't trust you to make good decisions on my behalf.
1: Mm. No
0: one loves me, so no one's considering me in this decision, so I need to make sure I'm in the decision-making rooms, right?
1: Ah, it's making so much sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly. If you know me, it makes a lot of sense, right? Another way you can identify automatic negative thoughts is if those thoughts that are recurring or the images that are recurring are self-sabotaging, right? They tend to make you feel worse about yourself rather than better, right? They tend to stop you from taking risks that could benefit yourself.
1: Hmm.
0: Why even apply for this job? I've been denied from so many jobs. They're just going to deny me too. I'm not going to do it anymore, why even reach out to this person and see how they're doing? They didn't respond to my last text and they probably don't want to talk to me. So why do it? Right.
1: Yeah. Why even go to the gym again? Why even start again? Why even try to do it over mm-hmm. again? It's never going to, it's never going to change whatever oh, yeah. it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know I struggle with those. Th- I still struggle with those thoughts regarding my weight postpartum. This is, you know, we've had conversations. conversation. This is the biggest I've been in my life. And the automatic negative thoughts for me is I'm, I'm never going to feel comfortable in my body and I'm never going to feel confident about my body because I feel like, you know, Oh my gosh, I thought this baby weight should be gone. Our child's almost one, you know, all the things Mm -hmm. that that many moms feel and experience. So the fourth one is key. They are, Thoughts and images that are uninvited. Meaning even when you're trying to remain hopeful, (laughs) your brain automatically defaults to these thoughts and these feelings. Rather to these thoughts that lead to those feelings of self-deprecation. So this is not you deciding. And this is so imperative because I think sometimes Christians, we can do this things that are like, think on these things. Think on those things that are lovely and pure and like, you know, throw scriptures in people's face. Think
1: on these things. Speak on these things.
0: And we're not, um, We're not considering the idea that these thoughts literally are automatic. At some point, they were a choice, right? Yeah. But I would rather say this at some point, they were a response. Because again, they're based on external stimuli, meaning maybe someone said something about us or we're treated some type of way. And so, in response to that, we were probably young and impressionable. And we, you know, to make sense of the experiences we had, we told ourselves, this is who I am. And this is how I should feel about myself. Mm. But then after a certain amount of time of doing it over and over, it becomes automatic. It's kind of like when you're driving your car and you end up at home and you don't even know how you ended up at home. That's because you yeah. you've driven home so many times, you know, your body saw the, the left turn, the other left turn was like, Oh, we're going home. Right. And mm-hmm. just jumped to the front door, even if you were going somewhere else. Right. So another thing that identifies automatic negative thoughts is that they are biased. Meaning we can share these automatic <laughs> negative thoughts and someone else can easily be like, no, but what about the time that you cooked a meal? And it was really good. And our mind is automatically <laughs> going to slant to the negative <laughs> bias and be like, yeah, but that was only one time. Yeah. I mean, times I've burned a casserole. Yeah. Why are you laughing so hard, Kyle?
1: Cause I made these. Um, so one, I'm finding out things about myself in real time. Um, just like happens every fifth episode. <laughs> so you'll notice this and anyone who's come to our house and I've cooked for you, you'll notice oh gosh, this yeah. thing. So I'm a pretty good cook. I do. Okay.
0: She's a phenomenal cook.
1: Thank you, babe. Um, and I'm always very paranoid and I'm always paranoid in the same direction. I'm always paranoid that I've over the food. Oh. To the point where Kobe gets annoyed whenever I mention
0: it. She's like, it tastes fine. It never. It's like, it's, it's- too salty, baby. I'm just going to throw it away. Remember the dinner party we had? Oh, where we had a
1: dinner party. I made like where... these grilled romaine with like. And
0: everyone was like, oh, this is like, people were like sneaking pieces of it. And they're like, oh, this is so good. And when we all turned around, Kyle threw. I had thrown it all in the trash. All in the trash. He was like, I don't want you guys to taste this. I was this.
1: so embarrassed. I just, I was just like, this is not good.
0: And so what was happening, this is such a good metaphor, we had clear palates. Mm -hmm. And so we were tasting it, and we're like, oh, this is good. It's not salty at all, right? But Kyle had been salting and tasting and salting and tasting not only the grilled romaine, but the chicken that he was making and all these other foods. He was salting and preparing all these foods for so long that I just feel like he just tasted so much salt that his taste buds were like kind of blown, right? And, like, wherever he went, whatever he tasted, he tasted salt. That's kind of what automatic negative thoughts do.
1: Well, when I was 10, I think, or 11, I made my first, like, meal for other people. One of my first meals. It was a big deal. Um, I got, like, pork chops from the store. And my dad, like, let me buy them. It was, like, the first time I got to, like, buy meat to, like, cook. And so I fried pork chops. And I over salted the the flour, and it was like my sister's friends were there, and I was like an eleven year old boy, and they like sixteen year old girl, So I was really trying to impress some people. Um, and it was so salty, babe. I don't even like talking about it now. Oh gosh,
0: Ugh. I wish I could reach over and hold your hand, but I can't. We're holding hands. It was now. so it was so salty. It's okay, it's okay. It
1: was so salty, and it was like you. We couldn't, you couldn't, like, brush it off. It was, I mean, it was fried, (laughs) right? It was like. (laughs) And so everyone was like, oh, man, like, this would be so good if it weren't so salty. Like, that was, like, the nicest thing you could say. Sweet baby. And. I, if i feel like i'm not cooking well i literally i get the image i can see the plate right now in my mind mm, i get like, the image of those fried pork chops and i'm like paranoid i feel so much shame anything wow. that reminds me of something being oversalted is like i'd rather burn the house down <laughs> and then um, i'm like i can't cook i'm a trash cook
0: oh you're literally walking us through the the prototype for automatic negative thoughts you had an external stimuli which is cooking for other people and then there's a fear of you oversalting salting it which leads to the thought and the intrusive image of the plate which begins a negative um an automatic negative thought spiral of you saying you're not a good cook and that you should burn the house down you see that
1: Pork takes seasoning differently than chicken and steak, but guys. It's just, you should just show. know this. There's a whole thing. I had to do research on it afterwards. I really need to figure out why it turned out that way. So just know, different proteins take salt differently. It's about oh. the sodium that's in the in the animal to begin with. It's fine. We don't have to talk about it anymore. I'm over it. I'm completely past it. It's fine. <clears throat> Continue. <laughs> I think the next one is that they're believable. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, they're believable. So one of the things that makes automatic negative thoughts um so insidious and so sticky to the mind is that at one moment there's a, there was enough evidence to say, "Hmm, that is true." So it's usually a really tough hard moment where we experience embarrassment or shame or rejection Right, something like that where this mm-hmm. this negative thing about us has been true as evidenced by our circumstances. Not saying it's a true of your identity. But if you looked around, you could be like, Oh yeah, you you aren't really good at cooking, are you? Right. Based on that one circumstance. But the reality is there's several other moments where we cook phenomenally right Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change the fact that it's believable yeah it's believable because there's evidence for the existence of the negative thought which which makes it hard sorry Sorry. there's a
1: dragon in our
0: house it's a mosquito yeah (laughs) but
1: it, it feels
0: large um yeah there's evidence for that that lie to to be sticky right to the brain So there are several types of automatic negative thoughts that we thought would be really helpful for you guys to know and understand, and Kyle and I will kind of go back and forth sharing what they are. So I'll share the first one, which is all or nothing, which is also called black and white thinking. This looks like you saying something like, or thinking something like, if I'm not a perfect mother or a dad or son, then I'm useless. If I don't do well in every area of my job, then I should be fired. Um, If I don't get along with anybody, with everybody, rather, it's because no one likes me. Um, If my husband is frustrated with me, then he absolutely hates me. Right, aka mm-hmm. me. Do you mm-hmm. still love me? Unami, unami, unami. Una I don't know if you guys have ever seen that meme. It's hilarious. Um, if I don't win the game, I am a loser, and I should quit this. I should quit this thing immediately, right? And it's this all-or-nothing, foreclosed yeah. thinking. Like if I don't cook this meal well right now in this moment, I should never cook again because I'm a terrible cook.
1: Yep, cut my hands off. I don't. I don't need him anymore.
0: So you read the next one.
1: <laughs> so um, another way this can manifest is over control and perfectionism. So an example might be like, um, unless I do everything perfectly, <laughs> my whole life is intolerable. Um, if there's like a section of the house that isn't clean or it's not perfectly clean, then the whole place is a pigsty. This mm. sense of, like, needing to be in control of every detail, of every um, factor of the situation. Yeah. Uh, even as far as, like, appearance. Like, okay, I don't like the way my hair looks today. Mm. Um, So I'm a mess. I can't go outside. Like, yeah. I just can't be seen today. <laughs>
0: yep, yep, yep. And And I hope you guys can see that connection of where those – Um, automatic negative thoughts like start like these are almost like starting rather outside of the stimulus the stimuli happens and then there's this this is a response right because you say things like if my house isn't completely clean then it's absolutely filthy well then what happens if your house is absolutely filthy that then that's really when it begins to snowball. Mm. Like, why do I even have a house? This is disgusting. I shouldn't be able to do this. Like, who's done the laundry? I'm not even clean. I wish if people knew how disgusting I was, <laughs> right? It, it just no turned. one would
1: love me if they knew. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah. It, and it really always, so I actually love going through automatic negative thought, um, thoughts with my clients because it always ends with, I don't stop them. Because usually someone tries to stop them and be like, no, you're being too hard on yourself. I let them go off. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh.
1: Dang, bro. <laughs> and
0: and then what? Because if they keep going, the last thing they'll say is actually their negative core belief. And if you listen to our podcast last season, you know that at all, the core of all trauma, all trauma is, it's not about what happened to us. It's about what happened, what?
1: What we experienced,
0: Uh, I'm trying to literally say this with English words. It's about how what happened to us created something in us. Mm -hmm. It's not about what happened to us. It's about what that moment created in us. That is what I'm trying to say. And for many of us, what that moment created in us is some type of self-loathing, self-hate, right? Um, And so I let them go off. And in the end, it's like, and no one will love me. And, And I'm not safe anywhere. Yeah. Right. And which is why I don't let them go on and affirm all these terrible things, but I just kind of say, yeah. And if, and if that was true, then what, and if that was true, then what, right. And We kind of go down that line of thinking. So another type of automatic negative thought is magical thinking or fortune telling, which I feel dragged just reading this because it's me, my thoughts are so powerful by just thinking it, something bad will happen, right? This absolute denial. This is also really black for church folks as well. Facts, bro. <laughs> I feel like we both look at each other and we're like, oh, we've heard this before, right? Um, or I already know what she's thinking. She's going to say a blank, 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 and then he's going to say a blank, blank, blank. Mm-hmm. That, that's absolutely a struggle that I have. Yeah. Um, if I say this to her, then she's going to tell me that she's upset with me. And so I don't even want to bring up this grievance with her. And I can't even tell my friend the truth. And if I do tell her the truth, no one's going to love me. And then I'm going to be all alone. And what is it going to look like if I'm all alone? I won't have anyone to come to my birthday parties. You see that cycle? Mm-hmm. Just no That's just like
1: um, the next one, like catastrophizing. Yep. Where you <laughs> where you turn everything in a do- into a doomsday scenario. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, if I don't do well on my next exam, I'm going to fail everything. I'll fail out of college. Um, I'll be a failure for the rest of my life. I'll end up on the streets and you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it just spirals and spirals and spirals. Mm -hmm. Um, or like if I don't get my act together, like soon, I never will. Yeah. Like it's, it's now or never, even though like you're like, Fifteen,
0: yeah. No. <laughs>
1: and you like, got we're forever, laughing, right
0: but that's real. Yeah, um, yeah. So another one after that is pessimistic or negative bias. Which, my old friend. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I've seen this one before, right? If something bad's gonna happen, it's absolutely going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. See, this proves what I thought all along. I'm just. I'm just unlucky and I have bad luck and bad things always happen to me. Or the Christian perspective of this is, this is what I thought. God's mad at me and he hates me and he wants to hurt me, right? Um, Everyone around me is going to rip me off and nobody can be trusted, right? I will never get out of the stage of life. I'm always going to be broke. I'm never going to have friends. I'm always going to be alone. I'm never going to be able to move up in my job. Um, bad things always happen to me. Like, I just feel like I'm a bad omen or or I feel like bad luck follows me wherever I go, right? Or I feel like whoever I love, God's going to take away from me, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: all about assuming because we all are going to experience hardship. We talk about this all the time. Jesus says, what? In this life, you
1: will have many troubles.
0: In this life, you
1: will have many troubles
0: correct but what happens is when we are not connected to other people not always but i think this is true when we're not connected to other people in a deep way when bad stuff happens to us it feels particularly bad it feels like Mm. oh this must be super duper bad when in reality if we're connected to other people we would see it is really bad it's worth feeling but you're not being singled out yeah right that's why we need each other I think that's somewhere in Second Peter, right? Yeah, like the the saints are, are suffering with you, like we're all going through it together, right?
1: Um, another way this can show up is like personalization, um, or like over responsibility, like taking too much responsibility. Um, I do this a lot with with my son Levi. So Levi will like he'll have a mo- he's three, so he's having a three year old moment. Like some sort of tantrum or whatever he's upset, and he like throws something, or like, oh, especially like when he does something I don't like to Kobe, like if he if he's not listening to her or if he gets angry at her or throws something or anything, like the first thing I think is like, I'm a bad husband, not even like bad father, like I skip all the way down to the end of like, if I were a better husband. Um, he would see the way I love his mother and the only reason that like he could possibly be angry at her is because I'm not loving Kobe well enough and he's like he he's like internalizing the way I don't love his mom well enough. And so that's the only reason that he might throw a toy at her. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Or he's three. Yeah. You know? Like it, it could be all that. It could be that my son is an emotional savant and he can really view that I'm not loving his mom the way that he needs, the way I need to. And so he's just acting out in the same manner. Or he's three. And that's what three-year-olds do sometimes. Sometimes they throw a toy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The reason why we wanted to talk about negative, um, automatic negative thoughts is because this is a huge, huge, huge symptom of a lot of people's anxiety. Yeah. Right. Because, again, they're automatic. And what's hard is they need an intervention. They need something that breaks up the automatic nature of the thoughts. And obviously you can't stop it because it's automatic, but you can meet it with something. Yeah. You can meet it with something that affects how often it shows up. And we're going to talk about that next week. But what's so powerful to me about talking about automatic negative thoughts is they literally affect how we feel about ourselves and the world around us. And many of us, I suspect there are people listening to this who identify with one of the ways that we, uh, one of the types of automatic negative thoughts who had no clue that they were struggling with anxiety. Mm. Like who heard this and were like, oh my gosh, I do this. And had no clue that they are struggling with like this massive symptom of anxiety. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's not just, oh, I'm I'm a bit of a pessimist. Like, yeah, okay, that's a cute kind of pithy phrase that people use as a catch-all term. But no, you're not just a pessimist. You have anxiety, and your anxiety is manifesting in this, this negative <laughs> outlook that makes you mm-hmm. feel safe. Yeah. Because you're anxious, and you don't want to hope.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yep. So... We want to let you guys sit with that for a little bit. Have a conversation with someone. Which of these, if any of them, do you identify with? Where do you see yourself or where do you see your partner or a loved one? Where do you see the people that you love in this?
1: Yeah. And if you're not sure, um, but you think it might be happening, like talk to a friend or or a spouse. They know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mainly because I'm sure you you say it like you bring it up. It's probably a theme in your relationship in your close relationships that people kind of know when you're spiraling, you're going to get back to the same point. You're going to say a similar phrase.
0: Yep. 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 Um, I think it's from one of Brene Brown's books. I can't remember which ones I wish I could reference her correctly, but one of the things she says is like, if you want to know like more about yourself Ask your friends how you act when you don't get what you want or when you're stressed out. And mm. I bet if you ask your friends, not all of us, but many of us, many of our friends would describe something similar to what we enumerated today. And that's not to, that's not to judge anyone. And that's not to be like, oh, see, you you have negative thoughts or you do catastrophizing or, or magical thinking. But I think it's really powerful for us to see that like we're in pain. <laughs> and yeah. to like and to empathize with that. And part of this reparenting is is digging deep and figuring out when's the first time I thought that? That was something my my um therapist asked me. She said, When's the first time you thought that? And I said, probably when I was like probably when I was like seven or eight years old. Like I remember trying to tell my parents that I felt sad about something and they laughed. And then I tried to like tell my friend at school and they said it was stupid. And I remember just going to my room and saying, no one loves me. I like, I said it out loud.
1: Mm.
0: Like I remember saying that, you know, and what, what that thought is tied to matters because what that thought is tied to is probably in some way a reflection of the same external stimuli that's triggering those thoughts but if you don't trace back that thought you're not going to be able to assess what's triggering them
1: yeah yeah
0: Mm. well you guys have these conversations with the people that you love we are definitely having them with the ones that we do and we are so excited to talk with you guys next week Register for Oasis. It's going to be popping December 2nd through the 5th. And we're going to be in Charleston, South Carolina, in a beautiful mansion, getting our lives, being slightly ratchet, healing from trauma, and resting a lot. So uh, visit the show notes. The rest, That's where the registration link will be. And we'll see you guys soon. We'll see you guys next week.
1: Until the circle comes back around. Bye, y'all. Bye.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked our conversation, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so we can get the word of healing out to as many people as possible. Visit the show notes to stay up to date on our mental health workshops, yearly retreats, Oasis is Bomb, and connect to us on social media. We'll chat with you guys soon until the circle comes back around.